The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. The world has caught a virus, so I've written you a poem. We need your help to cure it, so stay the fuck at home. And if you have got 12 kids or you're living on your own, lock it down and isolate and stay the fuck at home. If you think you're not at risk here, you're living in a dome. It spreads faster than a hooker's leg, so stay the fuck at home. I need the gym, I need the beach, I hear you bitch and moan. You need to grow a brain cell and stay the fuck at home, but I feel fine. I don't feel sick. I'll go out on my own. How thick are you, you selfish prick? Please just stay the fuck at home. From LA through to Berlin, from Wuhan to to Rome. There's people dying every day, so stay the fuck at home. If you need to contact family, use Facebook, Skype, or phone. We've got the fucking internet, so stay the fuck at home. The only way to slow it down is isolate, not roam. Please help the world get back on track and stay the fuck at home. Stay the fuck at home, stay the fuck at home. Don't you be a fucking dick, please stay the fuck at home. Yeah. Stay the fuck at home. Welcome in to the Mark and Linda podcast. Good to have you. Skeeter, how are we doing? I am having a great day today so far. Comments with Skeeter on this day in history. What year is it? Mm. Four. four. Mm. Uh, Sammy Hagar. I love him. I always have. I love what he's done. And we'll share that. We do have a rousing round of an attempt at comedy. It is Itty Bitty Theater. Now, I do have a cool stories in music. It's a guy that I've known about for many, many years. Apparently, Eleni didn't. So she is about to be schooled on this gentleman. (laughs) Today, we look at David Foster. COVID-19, we take a look at the latest celebrity trend. Many of them are doing it and people are loving it. What is the number one problem of isolation? The unhealthiest cereals and bring it on. It is the hell puzzle. Uh, all right, let me uh, do this uh, because I, as soon as I kept seeing the word, I knew that at the end of the year, you know how they they always have the words of the year? Yes. The word is furlough, furloughed. Yeah. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to fully explain. Basically, because I, of course, we've all heard the word, but not until this year. Not until this coronavirus have we heard it so much. What is furloughed? What does it mean? Because a lot of people have been furloughed from work. So basically, it's a technical term, one that a company will use. A person who's been furloughed, they're not fired. They're not laid off. Here is what furloughed is. 
It is a temporary leave of employee due to special needs of a company or their employer, which may be due to economic conditions at the specific employer or in the economy as a whole. These involuntary furloughs may be short or long-term, and many of those affected may seek other employment during that time. Oh, wow. So, you're not being fired. You haven't been laid off. You still work there, just not right now. Most people, when they're furloughed, it is without pay. In some cases, not all, you retain your medical uh, protection. Your insurance, thank goodness. Some do, not all. Sometimes, like if you're a part-time employee and you're furloughed, you get nothing. Hmm. You just don't go to work right now. So that's furloughed. They have to use it because you're not being fired. You're not being laid off. You do still work there, just not today with no money and no medical pay for some. That's just awful. Well, in this time, yes, it is. It is awful because this thing what we're currently dealing with is going to change everything. It's going to change everything. Some companies like mom and pop restaurants, they're not going to make it. Many of them won't. Now your chains, they can survive. Like a lot of mom and pops are still doing takeout. So whenever you do order takeout food, you're helping them kind of pay the bills. But it's hard for mom and pop when if they don't make enough money one week, they can't pay the mortgage at the end of the month. So a lot of those are gonna be struggling, but everything is, department stores, malls, cars, everything, jobs. It's, it's just a bizarre, weird, strange time. Will we survive? Of course. It's just a matter of what that looks like. Uh, like uh, the Carolina Panthers, this is a multi-billion dollar business. And I can't tell you how many notices I've got from them wanting me to buy the tickets for this year. Did you tell them we're not? And saying, we're willing to work with you. We know that it's a tough time and you can't maybe pay for the entire fee, so we'll spread it out. We'll work with you. They're trying to figure out a way. Now, us not buying the tickets this year has nothing to do with what's currently happening. It has to do with the fact that they don't seem to have a football team. Well, I mean, like we've said before, we've, we've come to terms that we are Cam fans. Well, for me to get up and dress and go to the stadium, I have to believe that we have a shot. Right. That we can not only win this game, but we're going to win 12 games or 10 or 11 right. and be in the playoffs. I, I don't think that's the case here. No. So I'm not going to spend my time for this. A couple of things. Um, one... Uh, I've been privied to the world, and, and you, don't, you don't think this, but I've always said many things will come down to money. Almost all things come down to money. And scammers are gonna attach themselves to anything where money's going on. So right now, with COVID-19, maybe you heard shelters are empty. No dogs, no cats. People who are held up in their house, they want a companion. They want somebody to love on, so they go get a cat or a dog. And apparently scammers have realized that. So I was alerted to this puppy scam, and this is what's, what's going on. Uh, so you call the number that's got this cute little Labrador, the puppy, 
and you see a, a person holding the puppy that's for sale. And so you call the number and it's $2,000, whatever it is. And so you say, well, I'll I want him, I'll take it. All right, you need to send me $1,000 or 500, whatever it is, right. whatever the fee is to hold the dog. And then you can come pick it up whenever you're ready. So you you pay the, you wire the 200 or 300 or 1,000 or whatever the, the fee is. And then you go to pick it up. There's no one there. The puppy doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. It's a photograph of a puppy. Right. You didn't buy anything. You gave a scammer $300 for nothing. Here's the trick, and this works, and it's great. You're on the phone with the person selling the puppy, and you say, before I send you the deposit, I need you to take a photograph of you holding the dog and hold up a piece of paper with my name on it. If they, I've heard some of them will fight with the person. I don't have, I got so much to do, I don't have time to. And they'll try to talk you down because they don't have the dog. They have no dog. They're a scammer. But if they send you the picture with them holding the dog and a piece of paper with your name on it, then it's real. So if you're looking to get a puppy, make sure you do that, especially if they're asking for a deposit up front. If they just say, we'll come get it, then it's not a scam either. They know you're gonna come get it right. and they're good to go. So yeah, right now dogs and cats, and it's great for the dogs and cats, I hope. I hope a lot of people, because if you've never had a puppy, then you're in for a schooling. Oh yeah. Because puppies, I mean it's a lot, especially for a puppy. If you get an older guy, then not as bad. But puppies, as cute as they are, and they are the cutest thing on the earth. But it's a lot. They chew, they will, you know, you've seen commercials and it's not a joke. You come home from the mall and the dog has chewed the entire couch. <laughs> and it's over. The couch is strewn everywhere. So just know that, that there is a scam out there. But... I am in hopes that these dogs and cats did find a good home and we're not going to see a glut of dogs and cats that were given back by people that didn't know what they were getting. Well, some of them are just fostering them for right now, which is a great thing. So um, we're watching a commercial and with everybody staying home with Corona, uh, there's a commercial of two guys that are in their house and they're holding frying pans and they're hitting like tennis and they're hitting back a ball or something. And they're both hitting with the frying pan. And I said, hey, that guy on the left is pretty good. Mark, that's the Wimbledon champion. <laughs> I forgot his name. Dig uh, did, 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 did. I don't remember his name. And I'm like, you are crazy. Well, he was really good. They were practicing in the house. Frying pan or not. Him and his brother. He was great. Yeah. Dude on the left is pretty good. So um, yesterday, no, yeah, yesterday. Actually, the day before is when it started. Uh, we're needing some groceries. Yeah, big time. I mean, totally out of groceries. So our, we haven't had any luck with Amazon because they apparently are so swamped that there are no uh, delivery times. If you go to these websites and you, you, know, you pick your groceries that you want and you get to the checkout, and you're gonna pick your delivery time, it'll say not available. 
No available dates. For any date, any time, none. So two days ago, Linda goes to our grocery store. That I've been going through this whole time. And they've been great. Yeah. You know, you, you pick your groceries. A person shops for you. They'll call you and say, I can't find the paper towels you want. Did you want these? Or how about these? Because I can't find what you asked for. Well, this time she goes and there are no delivery dates available. No delivery and no pickup in the pickup lane. Yeah, that was crazy. I didn't really understand that. We'll talk about that in a minute. So we can't get a delivery. We can't do a pickup. We, if we want groceries, are going to have to go into the store ourselves. Even just talking about this makes my stomach yucky. So, Because you got to remember, you guys, we haven't left our house in three weeks. So we've known that we have been perfectly safe for three weeks. It hadn't it been, a, it feels like a month, I think. Maybe I, it's a month, I don't know. It's, it just seems all, it seems like a fucking year. Well, we've been, we've been locked down. Like uh, before the cigar shop that I go to had to close, you know, because they did, they text, uh, texted me, said, do you need anything? Um, we have to close tonight at eight, but we'll bring them to you if you want a stockpile, which I did. And so Josh comes to the porch and Linda just, by the way, she was so super excited to see any face but mine. <laughs> she was waving like a big, hey. And he was waving right back. But she didn't open the door. No, and he knew I wasn't going to open the door. I, I, you know, everyone that comes to my door knows that most people are not going to open the door. So we've been that kind of locked down. So it's apparent that we are going to have to go to the store. So then we spent... Wednesday afternoon, plotting our every move and action that we were going to do when we went into that grocery store. And we begun by doing the wrong thing that they say. I found an article about going to the store, the grocery store, and it said, and it makes sense, if you're going to go to the grocery store, the last thing you want is to be around a lot of people. That's one of the main things you're trying to avoid by going to the store at all. And they said, go absolutely first thing in the morning, the moment they open, or go last at night. We went 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. However, well, first of all, I'm going to say that we went in there dressed like we were going into battle. Mark has these masks that he uses to do his rockets. I got, uh, because I have to do a lot of sanding of wood, there's a lot of dust in the air, so I bought masks then. And I got about 20 of them, and they're not the COVID masks that they're selling on the internet for 75 or $100, but these do cover your mouth and nose, and they've got the little metal strip at the very top of your nose, which is what you need, so that you can press the metal strip down, and it suctions a fit to your nose. Right. So we had those and we had gloves. Right. And we, we planned it, what we were going to wear. We picked out our clothes for when we got home to change into. What order we were going to put everything on before we got out of the car. And then we walked into the grocery store and there was hardly anybody there. Thank God. And, and we looked so bizarre nobody would come near us. And and good. Uh, I didn't care how we looked. I did see 
Um, I, I'm going to guess and say there were maybe 50 people in the grocery store total throughout. And this is a big grocery store, 50. I saw some people with masks, not very many. I saw two masks. I saw some people with gloves, not too many. I didn't see anybody with both gloves and mask except us. Yeah. And Linda's right. They saw us with the mask and the gloves and they assumed we were infectious. <laughs> so they stayed away, which is fantastic. Yeah. Loved it. So we went in there and we got our motherfucking groceries and veggies and chicken and then we got in the car and came home and disinfected everything we bought before we brought it in the house. Well, let's go back too because, and this was a good move on Linda's part, she decided because we, uh, when we would order groceries and they would be delivered, we could never get protein. We couldn't get chicken. We couldn't get steak. We couldn't get pork chops, nothing. We couldn't even get frozen chicken nuggets, frozen. We couldn't get them. So we go to the store and Linda had said, the very first place we're going is meat. Yep. If there's any protein there, we're gonna get it first thing. Oh, and I got my chicken and I got my fish. Oh, I finally got my frozen halibut. So here's what was weird is, as I said, we couldn't get it on ordering it and having it delivered. We go up, there's every kind of steak, every kind of chicken, every kind of fish, everything. So it must be at this particular store that if you're having it delivered, you can't have this. We're gonna save this for people coming in here. Maybe, I can't figure out why there was so much. I mean, our pick of what we wanted. Yeah. So we, we but Linda put a, a grocery list together of the stuff we needed in the order of importance and she put the list together depending on the area that we would go to. Like if we go over to the vegetable department, she knows the bread is near that, the deli meat is near that, and she put all those in the order on her list. Yes, because I was afraid I was gonna get in there and lose my motherfucking mind. So we got all of our stuff, didn't rush, we took our time, and we had everything done in probably 20 minutes. Yeah, um, and also the good thing was is they, they had every line open at the grocery store. So nobody had to wait in line in front of or behind anybody. You just, you walked up, they were cleaning everything. When we walked in, they were cleaning the carts and she would hand us one and then I cleaned it again. And sadly, a lot of people, and I mean a lot, are not practicing social distancing, whether you're in the grocery store or not. They'll stand right behind you and breathe on That's you. That's what I was most afraid of, and that didn't happen. Yeah. That, was, that was good. The only thing is, is I get, and I know the masks are hard to find, but I kind of feel like the grocery store people should, they had on gloves. Some of them did, mm -hmm. some of them did not. I, I kind of feel like they should have on face masks to be protecting themselves. The majority of people those who were shopping and those who work at the store wore, wore nothing. No gloves, no mask, no nothing. They just aren't taking it seriously. I don't know how many people they need to see on the news, both private citizens and celebrities who are dying. So um, anyway, we, we got our stuff and we disinfected everything and then I, I've, I keep washing my hands and so now the 14 day count starts. 
Okay, I told her, look, nobody could have been more careful than we were. Uh, And I told Linda, I said, look, we took every precaution. If we got it from that, then everybody's gonna get it. And I so tried every way possible not to have to go out, but we had to go out. No choice. If we're gonna eat, we gotta go. Yeah, so listen on a happier note. Mm-hmm. I would just like to say that today is my cancerversary. Mm. It is lucky 13. I so bet, I've got that. All right. This is how into this or distracted by this this is. I mentioned last night to Linda that today was her cancerversary. She had no clue. I had no idea. I don't, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm just worried about germs being in my house. Well, uh, the... the uh, the process when you get home, you do. And I go back to the, the tape we saw of a guy who was telling everybody, showing everybody how to clean your grocery items once they arrive. He said, pretend there's glitter on every single item and you wipe them down with disinfectant wipes and wipe them as though you're wiping the glitter off of that container. So we have our clean basket And we open the trunk and we just start wiping them down. And once they're wiped, they go in the clean basket. Once the basket's full, somebody takes it in and puts it in the kitchen, then comes back with the clean basket and we continue disinfecting items. You have to act that way. And then for for takeout, if you do that, uh, one person said, avoid salads and sandwiches. Just get stuff that's hot in a container the moment you receive it open the container and rake the hot food out of the container onto your plate uh, and then get rid of the container. Because if there's gonna be contamination, it's probably gonna be on the outside of that container touched by somebody who has it. So those are kind of the rules that we have been living by. And yeah, we ventured out into the wild. Into the wild, as I call it, and it was scary as fuck. Um, Also on a happier note, I just want to uh, tell everybody that Amy and Bradley got a puppy. They did. It was Amy who showed me about the puppy scam, or Linda showed me. Amy showed Linda, Linda showed me. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, They got a little miniature golden doodle. Oh, he's so cute. He is so cute. Well. And I I don't know if I pronounce his name correctly. Ludo. Yes. Ludo. Ludo. Something, a name from the Labyrinth movie. Well, Amy called right after they got the dog and Amy was just in tears and so upset. She got there and she had spoken to the lady on the phone and she got to the parking lot where they were going to meet and it was a mad dash to get puppies. Uh, The dog that Amy and Bradley wanted was gone. Uh, And so now there were two left and they had a favorite that they liked. What is it? I don't, I don't know. They had a favorite that they liked and Bradley said, let's step away and talk about this. They stepped away, they came back and the one they thought they wanted was gone. So it was, it was a mad dash to get them. And Amy was all upset, the dog was lethargic and they're in the car driving home. And I said, look, um, forget that. You know, this lady was selling dogs. She has no more dogs left because she sold them all. Uh, and everybody wants puppies. I said, as far as your dog being lethargic, the dog, you have no idea what this dog has been through. He probably hasn't had any kind of life, and your dog just needs time to relax and find out what his new normal is, and then it'll be fine. This dog, within 
an hour of getting home to Amy and Bradley's apartment, their house, he was the happiest just running around. So chew- cute. So oh, yeah. cute. Chew- chewing on Amy. He is the happiest dog, and he adores Amy. Yeah. The worry was that she was going to adore Bradley because Bradley and his family, they train Frisbee dogs. They, you know, they throw the Frisbee, the dog goes up. And so Bradley is just an inherent magnet for dogs. Not this time. The dog loves Amy to death. So far. <laughs> that could change it any day now, I feel like, though. All right. We, uh, we lost a great one today. I was out painting another brilliant uh, piece of art. Uh, and Linda, <laughs> Linda, oh, I, uh, did, I didn't mean to laugh yeah, at your brilliant Yeah, I'm not sure art. why that's funny. Uh, she comes out and she goes, do you have time for a frenzy? And I said, who? Uh, and she said, and this was not to Corona. This was to heart disease. Bill Withers passed away. 81. Sunlight hurts my eyes And something without warning love Bears heavy on my mind Then I look at you And the world's alright with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be a lovely day It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away I wonder this time where she's gone wonder if she's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away And I know, 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 I know
Super nice guy. And I, apparently Pete Carroll, the former head coach of the USC Trojans, was a big fan of his and respected him. And Pete Carroll had called Bill and asked him if he would come speak with the USC Trojan football team before a particular big game. And he did. And I thought, when I heard it, I thought, what an odd choice. Apparently, whatever it is he had to say got the team absolutely fired up and they went and won a game that they really shouldn't have but did because of Bill Withers. Bill Withers, 81 heart disease. Yeah. Look, Bullwinkle, a message in a bottle. Fan mail from some flounder? No, this is what I really call a message. All right, comments with Skeeter. Uh, you know what? Before we start with the comments, I wanted to bring up your cassette player. Oh, God. Because you got the cassette player. And yes. it is what you wanted it to be. It is. It works. It plays the tapes. I can plug in my headphones and hear what's on the tape clearly. So Great. why aren't we listening to it? Because I can't fucking get it hooked up to the goddamn computer so I can fucking edit it. 
I've tried. I've gone on YouTube time and time again. It doesn't <laughs> fucking matter what I do. I can't hook it up. And then I contact Eleni. Oh, yeah, I'll help you. You need to get this and this. She hasn't reached out <laughs> once. So I've got the tapes ready. I can't do it. You won't hear it until somebody fucking helps me. Jesus. I I was not expecting that response. Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, it's right here. Look, look, Oh, I look. can see it. There's no, 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 no. so look, many. Look, look at all this. You hear that? That is the cassette player, the tape, the headphones, and the special fucking USB cord, there's which a, does me no good. There's a lot of wires over there. Yeah, there is. Not a one of them do a goddamn thing. I plug it in. I do what it says. I push play. Nothing. So that's where it is. I bet a lot of us are thinking, mm, you're not doing something right. Apparently... <laughs> I never claimed I did. No. I thought the guys on YouTube could help me. Nothing. <laughs> God damn it. It's fine. You don't need to hear him anyway. My brilliance stuck on that cassette tape right there. That little cassette tape right inside here. Do you sound like a chipmunk? Uh, no. That so far on that tape has not been a problem. The one tape that I, I just grabbed any tape. The one tape I got was one that you would know. It's Y102, mm -hmm. which is where I worked the very first year we were married. God, I sound so DJ-like. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's what you that's what you were. Uh, yeah, but oh, she's got ah, uh, yeah, you know. But that's the same thing. It's it's when you listen to something you did ten years ago, or you read something, whatever it is, you always go, oh God, what was I thinking? Yeah. That's what's there. But I don't care. Nobody's going to hear it anyway. That's right. I mean, why even worry about it? Because you're never going to hear it. Because I've got people in my life, like a Lenny, who is worthless. <laughs> oh, she sits oh. around the yeah, you're goddamn... Gonna blame, you're going to blame it on a Lenny now. Yeah, I don't have time. I don't have time. <laughs> Bullshit, you don't have time. <laughs> Fucking call me. How many times do I have to mention it and say it? to get you to call me and tell this old man what to do. But that's fine. You just go ahead. Sit there at your little apartment with your stupid fucking dog and your dumb motherfucking husband. <laughs> and I'll just be fine here listening to my cassette tapes on headphones. I'm sorry. I sure didn't mean to bring that out of you. No, you're not. No, yeah, I am. All right, back to the comments. Scott says, RG, watching you paint today was very relaxing and a break from the crazy we all need. Thank you for bringing us just a little break in this craziness. <clears throat> You're welcome. I hope you continue to share with us, not only talented with his voice, but with his hands, LOL. I will tell you, that painting, I came out nice. I like that painting. Uh, now, um, I did, after we finished that session, I went back the next day and I cleaned it up and got it looking like it should. Uh, but yeah, thank you. I, I enjoyed it and I do really like that painting. Um, okay, Tom says, Linda, you have got to get over your adversity to violence and watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, so good. You can always turn away or walk out. I, 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 
Tom, fuck you. Get over your adversity to violence. It's a fight that I stopped fighting a long There's, time ago. Why would I want to sit there all tense, waiting on some kind of violence and murder because and shit? Because I, I told you, it's not until the very end, and I would tell you, okay, here it comes, and you turn your head. The problem is that you're missing all this great stuff between Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio and a great movie just because you're afraid of five minutes of violence at the end, which I will tell you when it's coming. No, thank you. Okay. Uh, Little Bill says, you do such a great job on the music compilations, playing songs I've forgotten. Mm. Thank you. Uh, San Clemente Phil. I love the Kenny Rogers frenzy. I was a preteen kid in the 70s and was raised by my parents who drank and smoked. Nothing unusual back then. Every Saturday, my dad would drop into his favorite bar and take me with him. They'd let me hang out, drink cherry Cokes, and play pinball and out. Oh, and out of that jukebox came so many Kenny... Well, look at how it's typed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's kind of hard to keep up here. Hold on, hold on. Uh, and out of that jukebox came so many Kenny Rogers songs. Listening to all those hits took me right back. Back to hanging out with my dad. I just stood in my kitchen and cried. He was also my mom's heartthrob and quoting her, the most sexy man I've ever seen. Happy trails, Kenny. You know, Kenny Rogers' music is interesting. We've talked about this. What is it about certain songs that last hundreds of years? Look, look at Mozart. Three, five hundred, four hundred to five hundred years later, he's bigger than he ever was. But Kenny Rogers, like uh, the Gambler and Coward of the County, it was massive when it was a hit, and you don't ever hear him anymore. You hear the Gambler all the time. I don't. Oh. I, I just don't think that for whatever reason, Kenny's music is the kind of music that you hear every day on classic rock radio. But it was great for me. When I was putting it together, I re-remembered, rediscovered so many of those, which I had completely forgotten. Like the last song I played after the, his words on his career, Through the Years. I forgot about that yeah, great thing. It's a great song, too. Kathy Armstrong says, Mark, I can't thank you enough for the Kenny Rogers tribute. I saved your last podcast till Thursday. I was having a really sucky day in captivity, so I went for a very long drive and took you and Linda with me. Mm. On my way back to my home, I took the long way along the coast. As in true RG timing, you made my day. The tribute lasted from Huntington Beach to Dana Point. Mm. I enjoyed every second of Kenny. My soul needed that. Thank you for all your time and talent you share with us every week. What's your name? Kathy. Kathy. Isn't that nice? You can kiss my fucking ass, you pile of garbage. <laughs> Take that with you. Corey from Ohio says, eight days into our family lockdown, I'm starting to question if the Donner party was even hungry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? You do, you do have to be careful. I saw Dr. Phil, he did an entire episode on this. Uh, when you are truly locked down, first of all, you're tense. Wait a minute, you're watching Dr. Phil? No, no, I saw a promo. Oh, okay. I would never actually watch the show. I'm like, show. whoa, whoa. Um, so you're you're locked in the house. Uh, you're tense to begin with. You don't know where this is going or what's going on. And you can be uh, in a really, really, really bad mood with the people that are in the house with you. Now with Linda and I, it's just us, just she and I. We don't have kids to complicate the situation in right. the house, yeah. screaming and yelling and making mad. I mean, I don't even know really how one does it, though you do it. Uh, just, you have to be careful. 
Well, I will say that last week we were a little bit snippy to each other, but this week we've been so much better. Uh, just be careful. Just just be careful. Just know when you're in the middle of that rageful moment that uh, times are not what they are and just uh, kind of calm down and, and be cool. We're all in this together. Richard says. I don't want to talk too much about that stuff. You know, because apparently we get so many comments, they don't want to hear about Corona. They don't want to hear about the politicians. Oh, yeah. So I'm just not going to talk about it. I'm trying to be good today. I didn't say anything. I I know. I'm trying not to piss anybody off. But you can't avoid the situation that we're in. So you're going to hear about isolation. I'm just trying not to get dark with it because apparently some of you don't want to, you know, hear the truth. Um, Richard says, now this is sad. Saturday, I lost my mother. The one who took me to my first two concerts of mm. the Beatles. She was 91. Oh, good. It, hey, good life, dude. Yes. This past year, we got so close. It was the best year of my 62 years on earth. My last moments with her were with rubber gloves on to touch her. Mm. My last kiss was her looking at me with a mask, hairnet, gown. They told us nobody can go to the funeral. Heartbroken. Today I put on your podcast, I cracked a smile for the first time. Thanks, Mark and Linda. Keep on doing what you do. Richard, hang in there. Is that just hang in there? Well, that's a long go, man. First of all, you had her for 90 plus. Uh, next of all, a lot of people don't get that final kiss. And the fact she was looking at you, fortunate you are. Lucky you are. Yeah. Uh, Tom, the orchestrate director, says, Hi, Mark and Linda. Since Paul Anka has been on your mind... Fuck Paul Anka. <laughs> evidently not on Mark's mind. I would like to recommend his album, Rock Swings. He took 80s and 90s rock, metal, and grunge songs, arranged them for a really cooking big band, and showed that these tunes can be and should be treated like standards. Check out Smells Like Teen Spirit and Black Hole Sun. This will become an A-rotation album for you. Yeah, well, if the album was so good, why did he never come in on any of my shows and promote it? <laughs> I've never met the man. I have no idea what he's like. So that's that. And this is one of my favorite comments. Justin says, oh, Paul, you wrote me a song? I don't remember, and I threw it out. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Hopkins says, hey, Mark, I am no doctor, but I'd say that you suffer from the disease CRS. Can't remember shit. <laughs> I'm sure that Paul Anka would agree. I'm a sufferer as well. The first step is admitting you have it. Yeah, it's just, just you know, it's just sad because honestly, I told, I said it. When I mentioned that I had never met Paul, I'd never had him on the show, I meant it. <laughs> I fucking meant And then there's proof, recorded proof. <sighs> no wonder I really liked him. He was great. Did you hear him singing that song? A lady even said, dude. He rewrote my way for you. He wrote you a song. And you forgot that? <laughs> I did. All right. Carol says, hi, Mark and Linda. Today I got a giggle from something you played years ago. It's the J. Thomas Lone Ranger story oh. on David Letterman. Oh. This is a crazy, scary thing we're going through now, and I thought you might want to share this again to give others a little giggle, too. Okay, Linda mentioned I went and I got it ready. This is one of the great stories of all time. J. Thomas, uh, I have several stories that I can share, but 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 I, I'll say that after this. Jay was a favorite of David Letterman. He was on there all the time because David was entertained by him. And Jay had told a story 
about one of his radio appearances that he made. And David loved it so much that he had Jay repeat it. And one of the reasons, one of the reasons, aside from the fact that this is one of the great stories of all time, told perfectly by Jay Thomas, it's that I myself have made this exact same kind of appearance. You ask Linda, every Saturday and Sunday, I had to get up, get showered, put on some nice clean clothes, and go make an appearance somewhere. Yeah, That's a disc jockey's life. That's what we do. And in the middle of all that, Jay had this experience. David loved it so much, he asked him on this night to please tell the story again. Rest in peace, Jay. Here he is, the great Jay Thomas. When I was a, a young disc jockey, I would open up uh, car dealerships and I would do the remote, which you yeah, did remote, too yeah. as a DJ and as a weatherman and all let's, that. Let's go to, to Jay let's, Thomas yeah, now. Uh, come on Ford. out to the Dodge dealer. It was Dodge. And sure. so the Lone Ranger, Clayton Moore, uh, was working for that uh, company and he would come to the various dealerships and little kids would come. Mm -hmm. This is the guy who played the Lone Ranger. The real television. Lone Ranger. Right. And he was very much into being the Lone Ranger. He wore the outfit, he wore the mask, he had the guns, he had the hat, and he was into being the Lone Ranger. So I get there and I'm telling people to come out and the Lone Ranger is there and it's not a high point in my career. I, I don't know where my life is going. I have long, uh, frizzy hair, and I'm a disc jockey. And my buddy Mike Martin, uh, who was in the record business and who looked sort of like a Bay City roller. He had the long, long hair and the stacked heels and tight pants, and he would come. See, now that's a new point. I haven't heard that. You know, I was just realizing yeah, that. I've never, you never described him as a Bay City roller. He looked like a Bay City roller, yeah. and he would do like this with his hair oh, all yeah. the time, right? Yeah. So... And so he would come and we would get herbed up during the performance. <laughs> Which... <laughs> so, it's nice, nice that your boys are here for that. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Well, his son called him and says, Dad, you smoked pot? <laughs> and so, so we would go behind the dumpster, you know, right to... I'd do it at the end of the performance. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, you know, ruin the car sales. <laughs> and so we got completely loaded, and we come out, and no one was there to pick up the Lone Ranger to take him back to the, to the Red Carpet Inn mm -hmm. on Moorhead Street. So he looked very uncomfortable. I had an old beat-up Volvo. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, uh, Mr. Moore, you know, can I give you a ride home? He says, well, sure. So still, we get the still Lone... in the Lone Ranger suit. We, in the Lone Ranger, we get him in the backseat of the Volvo. Mike and I... We we can barely see the road. We get onto the thing, and we're driving like this in the Lone Ranger. We're being really quiet. The Lone Ranger is in the back seat. And Mike's, you know, doing like this, you know, checking his hair. And we're trying not to look stoned is the other thing we're trying to do. So, like, so we get in uh, 5 o'clock traffic, and some guy is, is upset that we're on this Independence Boulevard. He's upset that it's all jammed. He backs, and it's a Buick, and it's a middle-aged man. I'll never forget him. And, and he backs into my car, and I can hear my headlight cr crunch. Oh, no. And he pulls out, and he he turns off like this. Well, I go, that guy crashed into me. So I get into Volvo, and I gun the thing, and we're chasing the guy through Charlotte, North Carolina, and the Lone Ranger's in the back seat. <laughs> emotionless, emotionless, just in the back seat like this, back and forth, and the mask and the whole thing. So <laughs> we're, we're, I'm in the Volvo, and so finally I gun it, you know, and it gets right in front of the Buick, and I pull off, and Mike and I jump out, and I go, man, you crashed into my car. And he gets out. He says, no, I didn't. I said, yes, you did. You backed into me, and you broke my car. And he says, well, what do you want? I said, I'm going to call the cops. I'm going to call the cops. He says, oh, really? Well, who do you think they are going to believe? You two hippie freaks or me? 
and the Lone Ranger gets out from the bomb. <laughs> They'll believe me, citizen. <laughs> and the guy goes, the guy goes, I didn't know it was you. <laughs> and that's a true story. There you go. I never get tired of the Lone Ranger. Don't believe me. I swear to God, you cannot, you cannot make that up. I haven't heard that in so long. God, that was great. Yes, thanks, Carol, for recommending that because we needed that laugh. Um, so another story on Jay. Um, I, I miss him. Jay Thomas, when I was a young, young, young disc jockey, and I told you I listened to this big box of tapes, and everybody sounded so great, and they were so entertaining and so good, and I wanted to be that. I wanted to be that guy. Jay Thomas was one of them. He worked at WAPE in Jacksonville, and he was doing the kind of stuff that most jocks get fired for. It made him an icon. The Grease Man, all of these people. And so um, I, along with Brian, we worked ourselves. We were the biggest names in radio. And we were asked, Linda was there, we were asked to MC the Marconi Awards, which is, a, it is the Academy Award of Radio. If you win a Marconi, it's like winning an Oscar. Yeah, that's your Academy Award. Okay, so we put on a, a tux, and uh, Brian and I worked for weeks on this material because we really wanted to come off good. And again, we were white hot. And we went out and we did this three hour show and we had stuff planned with props and music and the whole thing. And I mean, not only did we not get a laugh, <laughs> the biggest reaction we got was a cough. And it was devastating. I mean, you could you know, hear a pin drop. That's where the, the term comes from, nothing we did worked so finally this this show was over and i was backstage and i was just walking around in the side hallways i was just i think leaning on the wall i then hear hey and i look up and it's jay thomas standing in the hallway jay worked at power in la but i'd never met him and he had witnessed this and the Lone Ranger was with him. No. And so Jay comes over and he said, look, you had some great stuff, but you went up there and you're going to learn from this. My guess is you're never going to do this again. You went up there in front of an audience filled with stuffy, fucking boring general managers and their bitch wives. Ooh, and they don't laugh at anything. It wouldn't have mattered if you brought Jesus Christ out. They're not going to respond to it. Don't let this affect you. You had some great stuff. And look, if you're not better by next week, come by my mansion, we'll talk about it. Which made me laugh hysterically and he walked away. And I never had a chance to really kind of get to know him because Jay was not only jocking, but he was acting too. And he and I could have been best buddies. You can tell by the way he tells that story. But uh, one of the greats, Jay Thomas, one, 
His acting career never really, I mean, he was on Cheers. Yeah. I didn't like his character. He was Carla's husband. It was weird. Uh, he had the ability to become big and it just didn't happen. He died way too early. And a lot of people don't even know that Jay was an icon of personality radio, one of the biggest. And, and then Letterman obviously adored him in that great story. Jay, rest in peace, my friend. I've loved you from afar forever. All right, so we've got two more comments. You ready? The show is almost over. <laughs> well, you're the one that's talking a lot. If you hadn't have brought up the fucking cassette tapes, I wouldn't have done that. But you seem to You brought it go. up. I don't want to hear it. All right, um, Ingrid says, I have a bet you didn't know about your recent segment about well, Wet Willie. When you said that no one from Wet Willie went on to do anything else, that wasn't quite true. Ricky Hirsch, the guitarist for the band, went on to be a member of Billy Vera and the Beaters for more than 30 years. He was their guitarist when they went to number one with At This Moment. He was also a touring musician for artists like Joan Armitrading? Mm-hmm. Joan Armitrading, sure. Oh, I've never even heard of her. She's folksy. Oh, Cher. Sure. Who's that? Uh, Greg Allman and Randy Newman. He is still playing today and splits his time between his home in Alabama and West Hollywood. He also produces music for other artists. I found you another You just don't love me no more Those of you that have forgotten this song, That's it was a great song. It, it really is. It's a one-hit wonder for Billy Vera, but this thing is fantastic. What did you think? I would say at this moment When I'm faced with the knowledge That you just don't love me You say he's guitar player, all I hear is a fucking piano, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then our last one, uh, this comes from Robin. Dear Linda, who was amazing and amazing, Oh, well, thank you, Robin. Second amazing deserve, not a, a Siri fuck up. I just listened to the last podcast with the cool stories and music. I know I'm slow to the game. The RG said that nobody but the bass player did anything after Strawberry Alarm Clock. I know he will say who cares to this, but one of the guitar players and songwriters for Strawberry Alarm Clock album was Steve Bartik, who is prolific, like actual prolific. You can check his Wikipedia, but the short of it is he was the guitar player from Oingo Boingo. Maybe that's him calling you now? Steve! Steve Bartek! How you doing, man? Where's my phone? Hey, uh, Amy, Mom and I are doing the goddamn show. I'm so sorry. I, I never remember about the podcast. You call Mom every... Listen, from 11... So from 8 o'clock your time until 9.30, we're not available, Amy. I, my deepest apologies back to the show. Turn her, so, turn her around so I can wave at her. What did you call for? excited so I called so you could watch her him play. Alright, let Come me on. see the puppy. Oh, hey, bud. Oh. oh, he just slammed the phone. <laughs> uh, Amy! What? Busy now, I'll call you back. Okay, bye-bye. 
Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Um, okay, let me finish um, reading this from Oingo Boingo. Orchestrated almost all of Danny Elfman's scores and is likely the guitar you hear in a lot of commercials and TV soundtrack music. He did the uh, the theme to Walking Dead, and I couldn't find it. Oh. That's very cool. I actually, on Steve Bartek, I did see his name. It just didn't seem enough to make a mention because it was a long, cool story. However, I appreciate that, and we did bring out a couple of moments. Are you ready now for what year is it? Oh, okay. Are you done? I'm done. I thought that we were going to do on this day. Oh, shit. Okay, <laughs> it's boy, this thing is just out of control. I don't know what the fuck is happening. History. 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 That happened, and we all let it happen. It was uh, a birthday for Eric Clapton this week. This past Monday, Eric turned 75. Eric was, boy, you want to talk about a user. This guy drank and did every, if they had a drug, he used it. Here, he talks about the fact that he cleaned that up. I really found a great deal of enjoyment in becoming present in my own life and being responsible for myself. And before, as a practicing alcoholic, I had no time for that. And I was very happy to blame circumstances and other people and the world for my, my dilemma. And now I, I kind of enjoy taking responsibility for myself and growing. And I may not be a grown-up yet, but I'm kind of on the road to that. And I like it. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. And here he kind of responds to the idea from a lot of people who said, Eric Clapton, great musician, not much of a singer. I'm okay with my singing. It always is a bit of a shock with me when I listen back to something that I've just done. I just think I sound like a 10-year-old schoolboy. You know, the easiest thing to approach about my singing is that I know it comes from heart. And I don't find that difficult like, to get in touch with whatever the emotion is. I can sing from my feelings really easy. And it might be that that was what I learned from playing the guitar. I know how to do that. Um, it's about all I can do because I can't, I'm not a technician on the guitar or vocally. But I think what I've always been able to do is express. this day back in 1953 tv guide was published for the first time mm. and i gotta tell you i lived with that little tv guide when i oh, first yeah. got my vcr the very first vcr i was early to this and i would take the tv guide knowing that i could record something when i wasn't there mm -hmm. crazy it's i know it's crazy 
I would look through the TV guide. I would find a movie that looked remotely entertaining. And it was weird because uh, television stations would show movies or whatever the show was at odd times. Like there would be a movie that came on at 2.55 in the morning. So I would go to this VCR, which weighed a thousand pounds. I'm not kidding. It was really big and really heavy. And it had an hour knob and a minutes knob and an AM PM knob, three knobs, <laughs> two, 55 AM. And I would push record and it would turn itself on on the day at 2.55, which by the way, I couldn't set the day ahead of time. I had to push record on that day. But I would then on the weekend, I could only fit one movie per VHS tape. So I would have them stacked up and I would go back and watch these movies. Why? Because I could. Mm, and went through a lot of work to do it. It was on this day back in 1979, Jefferson Starship is forced to do something new. After a string of gold and platinum albums, Jefferson Starship lost their two iconic lead singers, Grace Slick and Marty Ballin, and replaced them with Mickey Thomas. Here, their former guitarist, Craig Chiquito, talks about that very first song after losing their two stars. That was the first song we came out with after we lost Marty and Grace and our drummer. And the record company's kind of looking at us like, wait a minute, we signed this band, but now they don't have their lead singers and their drummer. What do we really have here? So we got Mickey, and I co-wrote that song with David and Paul and this lyricist that used to work for the Grateful Dead and stuff. It was a real departure for us because it wasn't miracles. It was like way on the other side of miracles. And I was so happy when it got the response that it did. birthday christopher walken is 77 today you know how you got that dent your top lip way back before you were born i told you a secret then i put my finger there and i said Shh. you have to think like a mouse if you can do that if you can think like a mouse you can anticipate their moves then, boom. That's right, I did. I killed him. He f***ed up one too many times, so I put a bullet in his eye. Then I put two more into him just to make sure. Now, that was somebody I loved. I loved him. But I got the call. I put him down like a sick animal. Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. United States government champ running for the hills. 
Ow, to the moon. From here on, nothing goes down unless I'm involved. No blackjack, no dope deals, no nothing. A nickel bag gets sold in the park. I want in. I hid this uncomfortable hunk of metal up my ass two years. <laughs> so great. Nobody, nobody like him. It was on this day in what year? Jeopardy began broadcasting with host Art Fleming. Oh. What year? Uh, 1971. 1964. Mm. And it was on this day, 1978, the Cars drummer was born. So let's celebrate that. Here they talk about the song Bye Bye Love. I think it was the only song on the first Cars album that survived from the previous band that Rick and Ben and myself were in called Captain Swing that not many people at all, you really got to be a Cars fan to know about this, but one of the tunes we did was Bye Bye Love in a very different arrangement. That's the only song that survived from that era that actually made it through the Cars and made it onto the record. enough of that let's get to what year is it i have four for you today so we're crunched for time we are actually we may we can put off we can put off we are not crunched for time okay here we go song said year Movie. 31 stab wounds. What was it? Ice pick. Is she a suspect? She's a suspect. I wanted to write a book about the murder of a retired rock and roll star. You know how she does the boyfriend with an ice pick. And headlines. Ross Perot took questions from a national television audience again today. He said that he's against affirmative action because, as he put it, it increases the level of stress in society. Perot said he would ask the wealthy to voluntarily give up their social security benefits. All right, let me ask you this. Mm Mm-hmm. Is the song a Genesis song or is it a Phil Collins song? Genesis. What year is it? Song. Here comes the rain again, falling on my head like a memory, falling on my head like a new emotion. Movie. In the 21st century, a weapon will be invented like no other. I'll be back. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. And headlines. The Boston Celtics are the NBA world champions in a grueling seven-game series with the Los Angeles Lakers. Fifteen world titles. Another banner will be hung from the rafters at Boston Garden. All right, you loved the Eurythmics. I did. Annie Lennox, so good. Um, so that was in the 80s, so... 1980... 19... 84. It was 1984. 
One for two. Mm-hmm. Song said year. Oh, wow. I don't know who that is. That was ACDC. Oh. Who, you, who you love. Movie. Meet Orville the Albatross. Bernard and Bianca, the secret agents. Penny the Desperate. Evan Rude, the outboard dragonfly. The rescuers. The rescuers and rip from the headlines the water starved west coast is getting some relief from the drought for most of parched california the clouds brought rain but the storm last night turned into a freak tornado in the orange counties i have no idea so i'll just say 1981 mm. 1970 oh seven oh shit oh, All right, one for three. This is my last one, huh? You can go two for four. Good luck. Okay. Song said year. Uh, movie. It began with a sound that no one was ever supposed to hear. He says he pulled a girl out of the car. Just before the tire blew out. You're right, it was a shot. Blowout. Whoa. I remember that movie. That scared the fuck out of me. So good, though. Mm. So good. John Travolta, one of his good movies. Uh, And uh, headlines. A flavor of the atmosphere that's already building up here in London, uh, talking to Lady Diana's closest friends and flatmates, and visiting the kindergarten where she used to teach. We'll also be talking to the Archbishop of Canterbury, who will be conducting tomorrow's ceremony. Really? Mm. 1970. See, the stones are tricky. 1971. Mm, Jesus. 19. 81. <laughs> All right, I apologize. All that yelling I did. <clears throat> Has me coughing. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. What if you got something? I don't. All right, today, we're going to take a look. And the reason we're looking at this guy, David Foster, is that he and his wife, uh, Catherine Catherine McPhee, are doing a great thing. Apparently, every night at 5 or 5.30, 5.30, they do a song thing. Yeah. He plays the piano. She sings. They're married now. He's 100. She's like 18. And so they do this, and everybody's loving it. Because David Foster, well, as Eleni as Lenny said about David. Is he a piano player? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Eleni, you're right. He is a piano player. Mm-hmm. But he's he's so much more, Eleni, David Foster. And you are the reason that I'm doing this. You can't afford to walk around being that stupid. So, Eleni, this this is for you. Everybody else knows what he's done. They may not know to the extent that he's done it, but I think everybody realizes that David Foster 
is just a little bit more than a piano player. David Foster was born in Victoria, British Columbia, the son of Maurice, a maintenance yard superintendent, and Eleanor, his mother, a homemaker. In 1963, at the age of 13, he enrolled in the University of Washington's music program. Then two years later, 1965, he auditioned to lead the band in an Edmonton nightclub owned by a well-known jazz musician, Tommy Banks. Mr. Banks took David under his wing and mentored him in jazz, producing, and the music business in general. Then later, David became involved in his very first real album with, Eleni, maybe you've heard of him, Earth, Wind, and Fire. His first album that he produced and orchestrated, and on this particular next two songs, he wrote them. David Foster's first hit was... Earth, Wind, and Fire's In the Stone. Orchestrated, produced, oh yeah, and he also played the piano. same album David orchestrated wrote and produced uh, this big hit for Earth Wind and Fire and keep in mind it was his very first album he had ever been creatively involved in and for this song David Foster wins a Grammy for best rhythm and blues song oh there he is on piano Lenny So now David is a Grammy-winning, much-respected producer, writer, orchestrator, and he stays with rhythm and blues, but he kind of gets involved in the rock scene with The Tubes, where he wrote, produced, and arranged this song.
one, a friend of David's said, listen, there's somebody I'd like you to meet because I really think he's talented and I really think you'd be able to help this kid along. David Foster agreed to meet and work with Boskags. this time, uh, David was huge. Grammy Award winning, he seems everything he touches turns to a hit. And at that time, the lead singer of Chicago, Peter Cetera, asked to meet with David. And they did. And it was David's way, or the highway. Peter wanted nothing but the best. And I will say that the association between David Foster and Peter Cetera was at the chagrin of the Chicago group of musicians. And I understand it was a bitter pill to swallow because David didn't need the other musicians. Whenever he and Peter wrote a song and David produced it and arranged it, he brought in the very best musicians to play on these songs. And the other group members of Chicago just didn't like it. And I understand. I saw it on the documentary. I get it. But you also get a string of top 10 hits that only David Foster could put together with the help of Peter Satira. I won't say anything. I'll just play a few of these top 10 songs from Chicago with David Foster and Peter Satira.
face of Chicago. He's the reason they're in the top 10 every single month. So the movie business calls. David, look, we got this movie. We think it's going to be a hit. We've got a bunch of really good looking young actors in it, guys and girls. It's going to be big. We need a great song. We're going to leave you alone. If you agree, you do it. Do anything you want. Just make it good. bet you didn't know david foster at the very beginning he finished being mentored by that jazz musician he was ready and the only job he could get was as a piano player for this new band group of musicians got together and they recorded an album david wrote two or three songs on the album he didn't write what went on to become number one first time out for Skylark. And David was the piano player.
She's faced the hardest times you could imagine And many times her eyes fought back the tears And when her youthful world was about to fall in Each time her slender shoulders bore the weight of all her fears And a sorrow no one hears Still rings in midnight silence in her ears And I don't think I ever met him Let her cry for she's a She's a child She's a free and gentle flower Growing wild So, there you go, Alinny. David Foster. When it's all boiled down, yes. He is a piano player. To hit number one. First time out. Yeah. When they um, finish their song and dance Instagram, mm-hmm. she will pan out. Wait, be- you're talking about David Foster and Christine McPhee? Yeah, it's, it's called um, uh, Cat and Dave. That's okay. what they call themselves. Um, and oh, and they, they have a theme song and everything. It's as cute as it can be. But he plays the piano at the end, and she zooms out. And you see all of his Grammys sitting on that uh, piano. It is amazing. Because, you know, he also produced songs for Whitney Houston and Celine Dion. And, I mean, this man is something else. And, again, what I did was partial. I mean, there's so many others I couldn't possibly get. He had several hits with Boss but Oh, and I love me some Boss Gags. And, and, mm. and I, I will say, you know, not to use the G word, but there are certain people that are just genius um, in that they hear it in their head. They can't really describe it or or explain it. They just have to do it. And I do believe David Foster is one of those because he can go in and work with pretty much anybody and he hears what they've got and he builds it around them. And that is David Foster. So if you want to be entertained, if you're stuck in the house and you want to see... Like we all are. This thing is on Instagram Live every day at 5.30 Eastern or... Pacific. Pacific. 5.30 Pacific. Um, I don't. They didn't do one yesterday, so it used to be every day, and now it's like here and there. But it's cute. All right, so there and it is. She can fucking sing, and he can fucking play. <laughs> Skeeter. All right, sweetheart, we have several, so let's just go right into the chicken song. Let's get to it. All righty, on 321, Avery turned 47. On 330, Brett turned 62. And also, our very own Tank Top Bradley <laughs> turned 31. <laughs> Tank Top. On 41, Debbie Myrick turned 46. On 4-3, Billy turned 37. Um, Steve from New Mexico turned 50. Oh, is today the third? Oh, that's today. Yay. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
4-4, Lisa Allen is going to turn 34. On 4-6, Rachel Burns is turning 51. Rachel's from, look at me, Beaverton, <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> On 4-6, Mary's turning 60, and Kathleen is turning 38. <laughs> On 4-7, Tim Gilman is turning 42, and... Uh, Annie LeBron is turning 71. There's somebody older than you, RG. Thank you. <laughs> oh, here's another one. And on 4-9, Debbie G is turning 67. Mm. So, happy birthday, everybody. All right, so before I wrap it up, uh, I did want to share this Sammy Hagar. I didn't do this. I wanted to. I started going into... Oh, Amy called. Yeah, we'll do it. Do it now. Okay. So, Sammy, this is pretty amazing. Uh, Sammy has a, a group of friends, uh, basically Michael Anthony from Van Halen, Jason Bonham, son of John Bonham on drums, and then a wonderful guitar player. And they're all locked down in their house, but that doesn't stop them from rocking. I wanted you to hear this. They four, in separate in their individual homes, came up with a new song. They rehearsed it and they kind of recorded it. Get this, this is over Skype, and they play it live. Here is Sammy Hagar and the circle with Funky Feng Shui. Okay, here's an attempt at a brand new one here. Fellas. or how you like to describe him, magician, son. <laughs> There's no way they recorded this at the same time. They had to send the files to each other. Matthew, <laughs> stay the fuck out of it. <laughs> Jesus. Whatever, dude. Way to spoil the magic, Matthew. You bucket of water. Bucket of water? Yeah. Uh, oh, hang on. for shenanigans and hijinks if you want to follow Linda you go to at Lake Norman Linda uh, we'll get to the itty bitty we didn't get to this week because David Foster took up all our time and your little rant uh, it didn't mean I just did you know what I do not own that you did that no 
So um, be patient with each other. Uh, be don't, safe. Don't get this. That's really the easiest way. It's just don't get it. Uh, stay locked down. Stay safe. This will end at some point, hopefully soon. You guys have a great week. Bye, y'all.